this is Charlottesville Tomorrow. Charlottesville Tomorrow is a nonprofit organization engaging the public on critical quality of life issues so we make informed choices for our community's future. Visit us on the web at seavilletomorrow.org. On November 7, 2017, voters in the Samuel Miller Magisterial District go to the polls to elect their representatives to the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors. This recording is Julie Zink's October 6, 2017 interview with incumbent Democrat Liz Palmer. Palmer is being challenged by Republican John Lowry. Dr. Palmer, thank you for participating in this interview with Charlottesville Tomorrow. The complete audio recording and written transcript for this interview will be available online. Information from this interview will be used in the compilation of the nonpartisan voter guide being produced by Charlottesville Tomorrow. Charlottesville Tomorrow does not endorse any candidates, and our goal is to provide information to the public so they can make an informed vote on issues primarily, primarily related to land use, transportation, public education, and community design. As you are aware, the first two questions you will be asked have been provided in advance. For the others, you have been provided only the topic in advance. All supervisor candidates will be asked the same questions. We ask that you keep these questions confidential until all candidates have been interviewed. Each candidate will be provided an opportunity to review the excerpt selected for the voter guide before its publication. Are you ready to start? <coughs> yes, I am. <coughs> Excuse me. Question one. Please describe your past experience that qualifies you to be on the Albemarle Board of Supervisors. Okay. Well, I, uh, I've lived here in Almar for 20 years now. I moved here with my children. They all went to Almar County Schools, so I'm very familiar with the school system. I'm a small animal veterinarian. I've been practicing for over 35 years, and I have a small business, so I do understand um, business issues and what it takes to make a living uh, as a business owner. I got involved in... Um, in environmental issues. Uh, I've actually been a hiker and outdoors type for many, many years. And uh, when I first moved here, uh, my children and I, uh, we did a tremendous amount of hiking. And what we found was that our rivers were being uh, stressed by over withdrawal of water for the urban area. And that got me involved in the local politics. I joined the League of Women Voters and started to advocate for in-stream flow requirements on our rivers and for uh, better infrastructure to stop our leaky pipes. I also found out at that time that we had terrible sewer infrastructure and that we were leaking sewage into the uh, Ravana River and its tributaries during moderate rainstorms. So that continued my quest to get a master sewer plan. In 2006, I asked to be, um, asked my then supervisor, Sally Thomas, to appoint me to the Almar County Service Authority Board of Directors so I could get in there and be one of the folks that make the decisions, and I did get appointed. I spent eight years on that board. I worked very closely with the city uh, and the county, of course, to um, get a water supply plan approved. That was 14 years worth of very hard work. I did do the negotiations with the city for the county, so I was very much understand the players and what it takes to work with the city on large infrastructure projects. I also got quite involved in the master sewer plan. We've now spent um, 
well over $200 million, I believe, at this point on our sewer system. We're in much better shape. Very, very rare to have a sewer overflow now. When we do have a sewer overflow, we are now reporting it to the DEQ, which we were not doing prior to this. Um, and we have the start of our water supply plan. We have the first leg of that with the uh, Ragged Mountain Dam built and filled. We do have to get our pipeline in that connects the reservoirs and the treatment plants so we can more fu fu fully utilize our, um, our uh, treatment plants. I've been on the Board of Supervisors now for four years. I ran in 2013 and uh, joined the board in 2014. I did get appointed to the Solid Waste Authority, the Ravana Solid Waste Authority. At the time that I was appointed to that, um, I, we were, the past board had been in the process of privatizing all of our uh, solid waste facilities. I think it's a very reasonable thing for the private sector to take care of the hauling from your house to a transfer facility or a landfill. I do think it's important for a public entity to have control over where that trash goes so that it's not, uh, it is not subject to the fluctuations of the economy. So I thought that was not a good idea to do that, and I worked very hard to turn around the ship. We're now building, we're actually breaking ground next month on a new transfer facility out at Ivy, and we're trying to start better recycling, uh, give us more places to drop off our recycling. Uh, at, uh, all we have right now is McIntyre. We're also working with UVA and the city to establish a composting program, and that's been a big uh, thing that I've been working on. And if I get elected again, I want to try to tackle some of our illegal dumping problems because the county has a lot of illegal dumping issues. And that's in part um, an education process and also in part that we have no other places to drop off our trash. So if you don't have the money to pay for a hauler, or maybe you don't want a hauler coming onto your property, you have to figure out what you're going to do with your with your trash. And if you're not, if ivy is not convenient for you, you're liable to do something else with it. Um, in comparison, we have one place to drop off our trash in um, Almar County. Uh, Nelson has six and Augusta has 11. So just some comparison for, to, for folks to think about. The other thing that I've, um, that qualifies me, I'm going over the things that qualify me that I've been doing over the last four years, is I've gotten very much involved in uh, rural internet service. And I've also gotten appointed to our new Albemarle County Broadband Authority. And we are working with uh, service providers and uh, applying for grants, state grants, to try to get uh, rural internet service, which we all know. It, a lot of people don't realize if they live in the city that we have whole areas in the county that have no service at all. Uh, and other, many others who have inadequate service because of oversubscription. So those are the things I think that qualified me for another four years. Question two. What is your top priority for action by the Board of Supervisors if you are elected? This one was a tough one for me because I have several, because <laughs> I've been on the board for four years. I think that um, you know there's a lot of uh, issues with respect to transportation and getting in bike ped. I have the um, I have a lot of safety issues in my district in the southern side uh, in uh, the Sunset Avenue, Old Lynchburg Road, 
and off the street extended area. It's very dangerous to walk in there. You can, we're putting in more affordable housing and more apartment complexes and you can't walk to Azalea Park without taking your life into your own hands. And so that's a big project with me. Also, like I said, I've, I'm working with the solid waste um, authority. I want to complete our water supply plan. I know I'm doing more than one. And uh, I also want to do the rural broadband. Question three. Name both a revenue item and an expense item in the county budget that you are concerned about and tell us why. Uh, the revenue side, I'm very concerned about state funding for our schools. They have been consistently reducing that on a per pupil basis and uh, we really can't afford that. And I do believe that you know, as a, as a local government, we are very dependent upon personal property tax. That's not a great proxy for income. The state uh, collects income tax, which is a great proxy for income. I think it's a fairer tax. Uh, unfortunately, the only thing that really trickles down from the state level is unfunded mandates. And I would very much, uh, I'm very concerned about their reduction in, in school funding. As far as um, expenses that we have, well, again, the schools, but on the expense side, uh, I'm worried about um, teacher and public safety compensation of us being able to get the money uh, to pay a reasonable wage to our police officers and our teachers. Many others, too, but I would pick those as my top. <laughs> Question four. Should the board make boundary adjustments for Albemarle County's designated growth areas to create new locations for businesses on land that today is in the rural area? Why or why not? No, we should not. And the reason is that we have a lot of areas for redevelopment. Uh, with respect to getting our tax base or our tax revenues in better shape, we really need to act more like a city. We need more revenue per acre. When you spread out your growth, you create more costs because you have more um, congestion, more, more, more traffic issues farther out into the county. You have inadequate roads. You, it costs more to deliver services to a dispersed population. And so a concentrated population costs less. We have wonderful asphalt fields on 29 North, for instance, and I think that if we could get more revenue per acre on those properties, we're a lot better off. We could also much better uh, serve those areas with respect to transportation and uh, public transportation because we would be more concentrated. And uh, I think that's really the way to go. There's a lot of room in our development areas that we already need to develop. And you want those businesses close to where the people live. We recently got a capacity study um, done that says we have, um, I think it's a little over 8,000 homes, residential uh, um, sites that have already been approved within the development area and not built. And so we really want our businesses close to our uh, to our homes. Okay. Question five. 
City, county, and UVA officials meet regularly to discuss issues of mutual interest as part of the Planning and Coordination Council, or PACC. What is one specific area of cooperation involving the university that you would like to see addressed? Can I do two again? <laughs> um, transportation. I think we need to work on our bus systems. County, city, and UVA needs to work better on, on uh, public transportation. The one other thing that I've been very much involved with with the university and with the city is the composting program. And we need the university's volume to get a good, to, to make a composting program really work. And we're already working with them. Question six. While there are many areas of city-county cooperation, such as water and sewer services, schools, the airport, and the regional jail, there's currently tension over issues that range from bikes at the Ragged Mountain Natural Area, the subject of a lawsuit, to the future location of Albemarle's court facilities. What do you attribute this tension to, and what will you do to promote mutually beneficial relations? I think that in both these cases, it's communication and understanding of the specifics involved. If we take the courts, um, I, I, I recognize that I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to insult anybody, um, but I have found, uh, I've spent a great deal of time trying to understand how our criminal justice system works together locally here. And for those who work in criminal law, it's pretty obvious that co-location of those courts are essential. It's going to cost us a lot more money if we separate them. It is also going to potentially cause people to stay in jail longer. So there's a lot of rippling, ripple effects and social justice issues associated with uh, moving them apart. And I think that if our board members that voted to continue on this track and we have we do have um, studies coming out in November, and I'm hoping that will turn them around. Uh, but uh, I think it's a lack of understanding of how it works. Uh, and I, I think there's some frustration with, between the city and the county sometimes because we're often in different places. We have different political uh, considerations at different times, and it's somehow sometimes hard to, to coordinate that. With respect to the Ragged Mountain area, I think there's two things. Um, one is this very basic who has the right to control, and that's what's in court right now. Uh, and that's separate from whether mountain biking is good or bad. I have to admit, as a, I don't mountain bike anymore, but I spent a good portion of my life as a mountain biker. And, and I know that there are a lot of very, very responsible mountain bikers. I know that when you build a trail for hikers, which is what's being suggested at Ragged Mountain, they're kind of boring for mountain bikers. And so you're going to get a certain type of mountain biker on those trails. And, and I think there's just a lack of understanding of that, um, of how that all works. And that, you know, it's more likely that a hiker is going to wander off a trail to look at a plant than it is a mountain biker, quite frankly. I think they do more damage. Social paths do more damage in woods than, than uh, your average uh, mountain biker like moms like me. <laughs> They're not all young men that want to go really, really fast and crash through the woods. Okay. Question seven. Oh, excuse me. Oh. I have I have three sons. <laughs> so there are some young men that like to do damage in the woods, but 
it's my experience that most of them are very responsible. <laughs> Question seven. What would, what would you like to see changed about the way the Board of Supervisors and the County Executive do business both at its meetings and outside the public eye? You know, as I was reading that, I totally skipped that one. Um, well, it, that's kind of interesting to me because when I was running, one of my, uh, one of my um, campaign promises was actually getting video streaming for all of our meetings because I thought it was a transparency issue. When I first got on the board, there wasn't a lot of support for that, but after about a year and a half, there seemed to be, and we now have video streaming and uh, of all of our of all of our board meetings. So that that was important. Also, when I got on the board, I wanted more public outreach, and we're doing a whole lot more of those. Um, we are. Uh, I think that public engagement it's can be really slow. People are really busy. They have their own lives. They don't necessarily want to find out what the Board of Supervisors is doing until it hits them in a negative way, typically. <laughs> and uh, so I think a lot, as much, I think we're doing actually a very good job with public outreach, and we've added a lot of staff for that. So I really wouldn't suggest we do any more of that. Um, so I, you know, at this point, I'm pretty happy the way we um, are actually doing our business and with the meetings and with public outreach, quite frankly. Question number eight. If elected, what will you do to help our community move forward in the aftermath of this past summer's violent demonstrations, and how will you seek to best represent and effectively serve our economically and racially diverse communities? I, you know, this, I, would, I would continue to do it the way I've been doing it, I, I suspect. Um, the, there's, there's a tremendous amount of difference in the community as to, in different groups and how they feel about this. Uh, I think that it's very clear to everybody now that the majority of the folks that, that came to Charlottesville were from outside this community. I think there's been a tremendous amount of outpouring from the whole rest of the world. Um, I was listening to somebody speak last night that said that this has just damaged us and that nobody's going to want to come to Charlottesville ever again. I think that's pretty bogus, quite frankly. I, I don't think that's true. I think that uh, there's a lot of sympathy out there and not, um, and not dread. Uh, so I would continue to do things the way I've always done is it, uh, um, you know, our, our, in the county, you know, we, our, our police force in the county already re regularly reaches out to our um, Latino and African-American populations. They already go to churches and regular visits, and I've done that with them and done meetings. Uh, and so that was happening long before this, this occurred. Um, and, you know, we always, you know, we, in this community, we concentrate on education. We're an education community. And that's the greatest leveler of, uh, you know, for economic equality. And so I would continue to, to emphasize that. And I think we have our share of folks that want to have meetings and come together meetings and things like that. So I can't really say that I think we need me to do anything more about that. Um, so I, that's basically what I would just continue to do more of what I've done.
nothing else to add to that. Question nine. How would you describe the challenges and opportunities facing Albemarle County's rural farms, fields, and forests? Um, well, first of all, our land prices are really high here. And so farmers are really challenged to, uh, if they own the land, they can make a lot more money developing it, and that's, that's a challenge for them. If they're leasing the land, it can cost too much for them to lease to actually get their, um, their farms going. Uh, we have our land use valuation tax program, which I think is very, very important. It helps, you know, the, they say cows don't go to school and they don't. So we shouldn't have to tax farmland at the same price that we do residential. And so we don't. I think that um, we have to continue to support that. Uh, our acquisition of conservation easement programs allow landowners that of moderate and lower income to participate in the financial benefits of conservation easements. I think that's very important and I'll continue to support that program. The, then there's other just sort of natural um, challenges, loss of uh, biodiversity, changing climate, um, invasive plants, all those kinds of things. So there's that environmental aspect of it and there's that economic pressure. Uh, we also need um, to make it, to have more places for them to bring product. We have a, a for instance, we have a, a new business going in in my district to um, aggregate, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking for a minute, to aggregate uh, uh, product for beer making and hops. I'm sorry, I was having a little blank on coming up with hops. And uh, so they're going to um, buy hops from all the different hops producers. And so having a local person, a local business here to, to do that is, is, is helpful. Uh, you know, there's, there's different groups that try to um, buy vegetables and you know farmers markets and all those kinds of things which we do have to support. I recently supported, tried to help uh, the North Garden Farmers Market get started and, uh, and they have. I think they're being relatively successful. So just giving them places, helping them find places to sell product or to aggregate their, their products and to distribute. So, okay. Question 10. What is your top transportation priority and how will it be funded? That for me right now for the immediate future is bike and pedestrian uh, improvements and sidewalks. And again, I mentioned the Fifth Street, Sunset Avenue, Old Lynchburg Road area. It's a disaster as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and uh, we do need more public transportation, certainly. I, I've already advocated for a um, additional bus service there. We only have one stop, bus stop out on Fifth Street. Uh, right there, um, sort of near Region 10. Uh, but how would I fund it? Uh, well, the, um, our funding mechanisms for VDOT um, have branched out. There's quite a few. I could sit here for about an hour and talk about funding mechanisms. There's all kinds of different funds that we look at. Right now, we're doing a lot with our revenue sharing program. 
So if we have a project, you wouldn't believe how much a, a sidewalk costs. It, it never ceases to amaze me. But if we have a million dollar project and you know we put up $500,000, then we get $500,000 from from VDOT, we have to be competitive, so we can put up anywhere from 20% tax dollars to, you know, to uh, uh, to 50%, and VDOT uh, puts puts in the rest. If you know, they're all competitive, so we have to we have to do a good job making our application to VDOT. We do that. Um, and it was interesting, we did our newest uh, survey recently, and the one thing that people said that they were willing to pay more taxes for was bike and pedestrian pathways and sidewalks. So I think people really want sidewalks. Um, and so that's, that would be my priority right now in the immediate future. Okay. Liz Palmer, thank you for participating in this interview with Stroudsville tomorrow. Okay, thank you very much for having me.